Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this how-to episode, we will look practically at the command of God to fix our eyes on Jesus. What does it really mean to fix your eyes on Jesus? Why is that important? How do you do that? What can happen when you do and what can happen if you don't? Let's begin with Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith. The first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. There's a lot of meat in that long section of scripture, but let's look at it in pieces. First, fixing your eyes on Jesus is a command. The Lord always equips what he commands. It's also the secret to growing in your faith, and it is directly related to your calling and destiny. Running the race refers to the Jeremiah 29.11 plans that God has for you. And God is the author and perfecter of your story. He knows the ideal path for you and how to help you find that, align with it. And he knows how to bring you to maturity as you follow him. The weights that easily ensnare us are the stresses and anxieties and realities of living in a fallen world. There will be real tragedies and challenges in this life. Fixing your eyes on Jesus helps you deal with all of that. Sin is defined as anything that is not in God's will or his best for you. When you go your own way, fixing your eyes on short-sighted desires and not on God's omniscient and all-knowing powerful wisdom, you walk away from the protection power and guidance of God, and the weights and the sins can easily entangle you, leading to stress, sickness, and addictions. And more importantly, it robs you of your kingdom destiny. Let's take a moment to just simply look at the power of looking. When I was preparing to write the chapter about meeting the Creator for my Encountering the Power of God book, I learned something fascinating about quantum physics called the observer effect. Scientists have unanimously agreed that when we look at something, we change it. At the quantum level, particles behave non-locally, simply floating around until they are observed, and then they collapse into matter. The act of observing is the only factor that creates this change. Scientists call this behavior the wave function collapse, And essentially, it means that something from an invisible realm becomes visible when looked at. The physical universe, as we know it and experience it every day, is collapsed into material state because it's being observed. 
How is it then that we're pretty certain that isolated areas of the world where no people are watching them still exists in the physical form? Because the omnipresent God is looking at it. His eyes are on everything in this and all other worlds from the molecularly small to the magnanimously large at all times. That reality is God's omnipresence. Now what I want to do is talk to you about your spiritual senses. The eyes in this verse are related to your spiritual eyes, the eyes of your heart. We are composed of a body, a soul, and a spirit. And the spirit is the part of you that was created to communicate with God. He gave each and every one of us eyes and ears of the heart that are used for us to communicate with him in our spirits. Ephesians 1.18 says, And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people. So here we see that it is our spiritual eyes that we're seeing, and we also are reinforced one more time that one of the reasons that we do this is for our destinies. With the eyes of our heart, we are fully capable of being observers of Jesus in the spiritual realm. Every possibility is available to us in Christ when we understand our ability to be in this realm and in the spiritual realm simultaneously. All healing, provision, and wisdom are at our fingertips when we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all, with unveiled face, continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The more you fix your eyes on Jesus, the more you are transformed into his image. Observing him changes you. And more interestingly, your focus on him causes him to focus on you, which changes him. It causes him to be moved to move on your behalf. It moves him from being an omnipresent God to being a manifest present God with you. That brings all his wisdom, power, and strength to bear on you. His omnipresence is everywhere and at all times, but he is more present at some times than he is in others. And this is when you see him show up in signs, wonders, miracles, and glory. Gazing on him welcomes his manifest presence. John looked and kept on looking for 21 chapters and received the whole book of Revelation. In that book, 29 times it says, I looked and behold and kept on looking. God gave you not just the eyes of your heart, but the ears of your heart. John 10.27 refers to the ears of the heart when Jesus says that my sheep hear my voice and listen to me. I know them and they follow me. What is the purpose of giving us the eyes and the ears of our heart? 
Well, your soul contains your mind, will, and emotion. When you have the indwelling Holy Spirit and the senses of your heart of hearing and seeing in the Spirit, you are able to connect with God's mind, will, and emotion by the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, 15 and 16 says, But the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian, judges all things, questions, examines, and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals, yet is himself judged by no one. The unbeliever cannot judge and understand the believer's spiritual nature. But who has known the mind and purposes of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and purposes. So the point here is that we need to learn how to have the ability to tap into the mind of Christ to discern his thoughts, will, and emotion. And we do that using the eyes and ears of our heart. Jesus lived a life that totally demonstrated this capability. And we need to remember that when Jesus lived on earth, he laid aside his deity and was operating 100% as a man, fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit, connecting him with the Father, just like we can now. In John 5.19, Jesus said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself of his own accord unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever things the Father does, the Son in his turn also does in the same way. So you see here, Jesus is looking and listening for guidance from the Father And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he is able to live out his destiny in absolute perfection, completely tuned to the Holy Spirit. In this way, he's actually showing us how to do the same. What you fix your eyes on grows within you. So if you're fixing your eyes on your worries and anxieties, on negative cultural things going on, your mind will make them grow within you. Anxiety builds, and you're basically living without God's direction and power. Believers are called to be set apart, and God gave us everything we needed with these spiritual tools in the Holy Spirit. To leave that truth behind is to miss the greatest blessings of the Christian life. It's what Jesus died to give you, access to the Father, and power to overcome sin and the grave. This is what Jesus had to say about this. Encounters with me in the Spirit are not figments of your imagination. They are powerful, supernatural realities that have impact both in the physical and spiritual realms. The more aware you become of this truth, that you can use the eyes and ears of your heart to connect with me, the more you can partner with me and become who I created you to be and live out of the powerful kingdom plan destiny that I've created for you. This is what is meant in the Lord's Prayer when I pray to the Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. My heart is for all people to come to know me intimately and to choose me and surrender so they can be with me eternally in heaven. I died and resurrected to give you great accessibility to connect with the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the ability to see, hear, feel, sense, and know me in your spirit. This is the truth of the new life that you have in me that I died to purchase for you.
to help you understand the relationship between the body, the soul, and the spirit, Jesus had this to say. The body is the only thing that is for this physical world alone, and it houses the five senses of your physical body, seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, and smelling. The soul is your life essence. It is the core part of you that contains your personality, mind, will, and emotions. It goes with you after you die and leaves this physical world. Therefore, it can be affected by both the physical and the spiritual realms. The spirit is the power of life and was created to connect you with me. It houses the five senses of the inner man, the eyes and ears of your heart, used to connect with God's mind, will, and emotion. When you trust in your brain and in the worldly physical things, you are only engaging the body and soul. You are not trusting God when you're trusting your brain. In fact, you completely leave him out of the equation. The heart is where your spirit is connected to God and can influence your soul when surrendered to the transformational power of the Holy Spirit. When your soul is influenced by God, your mind, will, and emotion will become more aligned with his mind, will, and emotion. And that's how transformation works. Beginning with fixing your eyes on Jesus allows you to influence your soul to align with your Christ identity. This changes how you think and behave. It influences what you believe and changes your choices. When you agree with God's best, it changes your soul and body at the cellular level. This is why I'm always leading you to Jesus. I'm always trying to get you to fix your eyes on Jesus and see him in the spirit. There is no power when you live in the head or in the world. Trusting in your brain and believing in natural limitations will hold you back. The power comes from the heart of God. Connection. God lives in the heart and not in the head. You cannot access his power with your head. This is why you really can't argue anybody into the kingdom intellectually, because understanding of God comes from the heart. To trust in yourself and believe that God is only a tiny part of your life, but not the core of your life, leaves you without his power, and you live below the choices that God would have for you, leading to illness, depression, poor relationships, insecurity, and low kingdom impact. Choosing to live by the Spirit is choosing to see yourself inside of the umbrella of God's immeasurable love, His potential, where you can connect and release His supernatural power to transform you into the person He sees you already, your Christ identity. How do you fix your eyes on Jesus? Well, hopefully you've been listening to this podcast for a while and you're a pro at fixing your eyes on Jesus. But I wanted to take a moment to remind you where in the Bible we learn how to do this. Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2 says, I will stand at my guard post and station myself on the tower, and I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what answer I will give when I'm reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, and engrave it plainly on tablets, so that the one who reads it may run. Habakkuk went to a quiet place, and he fixed his eyes on God. He wanted to speak only to God. He quieted himself internally and externally. And then he prayed for God to speak to him, and he knew he was going to 
see something and hear something. Both the eyes and ears of his heart were engaged. He also knew that he would get an answer and that he would have an opportunity to ask more questions. So that implies a dialogue, a back and forth opportunity. And then he wrote it down, not just for him, but for other people. And that's exactly what we're expected to do. The steps are to quiet yourself internally and externally. Ask to speak to Jesus, only Jesus, no other spirit. Pray for him to show you his perspective by giving you spontaneous pictures, words, songs, feelings, emotions, senses. It will come spontaneously, and they will be consistent with his names, his character, his promises, and the word of God. Write down what you see and hear and experience from him and keep the conversation going. Two-thirds of the Bible was written with people hearing from God and writing it down, and one-third of the Bible was people writing down dreams and visions that they had. But the entire Bible was written by this method of engaging the senses of the heart to receive from God. So let's get real practical here now. There are three spiritual truths that are always true, and they are helpful ways to visualize Jesus. And I'm going to share when it would be appropriate to visualize him in each of these three ways. So we're going to talk about all of that right now. The three truths that are always simultaneously true is that Jesus is in you, Jesus is with you, and you are in Jesus. The Jesus in you truth speaks of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. The Holy Spirit comes into your heart at salvation and brings with him all that God is. That is what is meant by Christ in you. Isaiah 45, 3 promises, I have given you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. The treasure box in this verse refers to the Holy Spirit, the fullness of Christ. I ask the Lord to help me understand this truth of what the fullness means in our heart. And he said, it begins when you accept me as your Savior. Revelation 3.20 says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens a door, I will come and eat with this person and they with me. When you open the door of your heart and welcome me to dwell, the Holy Spirit brings with him the fullness of God. You are the very container of the fullness of God in your heart. This is the treasure in earthen vessels referred to in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman who patiently waits for you to call on him through prayer. When you know that you have the fullness of me in your heart, you can pray with more power because you can call on my nature, wisdom, power, strength, and gifts to accomplish whatever you need to do. The more you abide in me, the more you will feel the transformational power releasing from this treasure box. You will become the very best version of yourself when you unleash the truth of the fullness of Christ in you. Cooperate with the Holy Spirit and allow him 
to be able to be and do all he is through you. Encounters with Jesus in this podcast are designed to continually have relationships and experiences with the Jesus in you so that you may see, hear, feel, sense, and experience him one-on-one. This helps you build the trust and relationships with him so that he can access your heart and transform you. So the heart posture of Jesus in you is all about transforming you. The next truth I want to talk about is Jesus is with you. There are literally dozens of scriptures where we learn of God's omnipresent nature, where he promises to never leave or forsake us and always be with us. Matthew 28, 20 said, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The truth is that Jesus has been with you every moment of your life and always will be with you. This means that he has seen everything that's ever happened to you. To visualize Jesus with you is most helpful when you're doing soul healing exercises. The truth is that God has been with you even in the most trying of times. And it's a very effective healing exercise that leads to forgiveness and deliverance when you ask Jesus to show you where he was during a past trial or trauma. Jesus can take you back to a scene and you can realize what he was doing at the time. Again, this is a real spiritual truth. You may not have known at the time that he was there. And now realizing where he was and what he was doing can give you his perspective and allow you to see things differently enough that you are led to forgiveness and deliverance. There are two major ways that Jesus can minister in this capacity. Sometimes, simply seeing him with you helps. In one testimony, a woman undergoing a life-threatening surgery was able to see Jesus performing the surgery as if holographically covering the surgeon's hands, making sure that it was done with his perfect skill. This gave her much comfort. Jesus can reframe or change a story in some way to give you his perspective. When I was 14 years old, my sister and I were upstairs in our bedroom and we could hear my parents really going at it in a more violent way than usual. I had just made a candle in art class that day and it was burning on the side of my table and my sister and I were trying to do our homework with all kinds of tension in the room and we heard my mother come up the steps and she started to freak out because of the candle and started to beat on me. And my sister grabbed her by the hair and that made to get her off of me and that made her even more upset. So that night we ran away from home and we were gone for about three days. Jesus took me back to that scene in order to reframe it for me, give me a perspective that I would not have had at the time. This time Jesus was with me, sitting on the bed. The candle was burning. We could hear my parents fighting. And he said, you know, your parents are just lashing out because of their own childhood heart woundings. And then my mother came up the steps and she saw the candle and started beating on me. And the Lord snapped his fingers and she turned into a four-year-old child. And he said, pick her up. She just needs love. I'm telling you, that reframed that memory for me and gave me God's perspective that allowed me to find forgiveness for many of my childhood issues that I had with my mom. It's also fun to see Jesus with you in the present moment 
by simply asking him where he is and allowing him to show you something in your spiritual mind. One really great point about this is that the more you involve Jesus in your day-to-day life, the more you live according to his will for you one day at a time. So to see him in the driver's seat or to see him in the passenger seat and just see him in the room and talk to him that way is another way that can really bless you. The third truth that is wonderful to visualize is that you are in Christ. Romans 13, 14 says, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. To be in Christ is to wear him as a garment. Garments are worn outside of the body and they can be seen by others. This is the heart posture of releasing God's love and power to the people. It's what they see on you. God created and placed you to do things for him in this kingdom plan. And this heart posture of seeing yourself in Christ helps you to truly look through his eyes and listen with his ears and sense his heart, think his thoughts, so that you can release him to others. This is what the Lord had to say about that. I am God Almighty. You can't borrow my might. You can't muster up my strength without me. All you can do is put on my strength like a garment. Allow me to be your strength. Allow my strength to flow through you as a willing vessel. Consider Superman, the Lord said. To the naked eye, Clark Kent was an average awkward man. He drew no special attention when he walked down the street. He was like every other ordinary person on the planet. No one knew that he was a prince from an otherworldly kingdom or that he had superhuman powers. But when those powers were needed, Clark stripped off his regular clothes to reveal that he was really covered with a superhero garment. There was a special place where Clark learned wisdom from his father, and he spent much time there preparing for the responsibility of using his powers for doing good and combating evil. When Clark wore the clothes of his true nature, he displayed superhuman strength and abilities to the world. When evil was afoot, he knew exactly what to do. He performed miracles that blessed many people. Your superhero clothes are already there, underneath the surface. Let the world see them, and I will do miraculous things through you. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. It made me want to go to the Word for more evidence, and I found Ephesians 4, 22 and 24 that clarifies that in reference to your former manner of life, Lay aside the old self, which is being corrupt in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the mind of your spirit and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. We are princes and princesses of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We are to strip off the old garment of our former powerless selves, to reveal the superior godly ones like Clark does when he shows himself as Superman. Because of the desire of the Father, the finished work of the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we now have the power and presence of God to do miraculous things according to God's will. He equips us. He shares with us the divine nature. Like Clark, we need to spend time with our Father to truly understand and use this power appropriately. That 
means spending time enough in the word to know what is his will, what is his nature, what is his character, and what is my authority. As Superman's father said, with great power comes great responsibility. The Lord added, you are ordinary, and yet you have the capability of doing extraordinary things every day. You have my word, power, and my presence to ensure that promise. Just like Clark, you need to discover who you are, the truth, assurances, and benefits of being my heir. My plans are bigger than what you can do alone, and yet I will always fully equip you to live them out. Your job is to discern my will and obey it. Surrender your will to mine and miracles will happen. I asked the Lord, how do we access that truth? And he said, you need to find the answer to the question, who am I? What are the promises of a child of a living God? Spend time in my word, listen to my voice. Fix your eyes on me continually and be willing to do what I fully equip you to do according to my divine purposes. Believe the truth about who you are and allow it to transform you. Agree with me that I have your best plan for you and that you will see superhuman impact. If you are a believer in Christ, you are a superman or a superwoman. The best way that I have found to be able to get a visual understanding of what it means to be in Christ, I call stepping into God's skin. It's where you see yourself next to him and he takes you by the hand and then pulls you inside of him. So you're looking through his eyes, hearing with his ears, sensing in your spirit with his heart, feeling his feelings, thinking his thoughts. It's an amazing exercise to do, and it's super helpful when you are needing to know exactly how to pray for someone, and you need to see their heart from God's perspective. So, you know, I asked him for switches for how to get in that posture, and he reminded me that that's one of these truths that's always true. So whatever works for you, some people like to see him holographically covering them, and remind them to look out his eyes and ears and all that. But when you pray according to that heart posture of being in Christ, then miracles can happen because you're agreeing with exactly what he wants you to do and say. So you can pray for things and see his future will. You can see rain falling in a drought. You can see sight restored, cancer disappearing, people raising from the dead. It just miraculous things happen when you're able to do that. So it is a wonderful truth to understand by fixing your eyes on Jesus when you need to minister in any capacity. This is the place where people can actually see Jesus in you and on you, releasing his power through you. If you practice the three truths, the three ways to fix your eyes on Jesus, that he is in you, that he is with you, and that you are in Christ. If you can practice seeing him in all those ways, there is no stopping you for the kingdom. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, Please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site. 
and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in a special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. I also wanted you to prayerfully consider attending our Breakthrough Spirit Life Workshop that will be held in Lebanon, Oregon, October 21st to 23rd, 2022. You will experience three days of carefully facilitated Jesus encounters, drawing you closer and increasing your intimacy with Christ, healing physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental things, and equipping you for your calling with an increased anointing and clarity about your destined purpose. Check out our information at spiritlifeworkshops.com. The link will be below this episode. And we hope to see you there. After playing with Jesus in the special place for a while as a child and having properly postured your heart, have the Lord choose for you which of the three truths he wants you to encounter him with. Do you need to go to your special place and spend some time with him in a way that helps you understand how to activate every one of your senses to encounter him in you? Or do you need to see him with you and he'll show you a traumatic scene or a past circumstance that you need to have his insight about? And he'll show you where he was at the time and either reframe it just because he was there or reframe it by showing you something you didn't see before? Or do you need to understand better what it means to be in Christ? And the Lord will, in his own way, pull you into his skin so the two of you are a united one body and you can see your circumstance or a person, an illness, or a decision to make through God's eyes with his wisdom, his heart, and hear what he has to say through his ears. Allow him to reframe how big of a challenge you think it is. How big is it from his perspective? So meet Jesus in your special place and then ask him to direct you in the way that he knows you need. Take all the time you need and record it all in your journal. Well, I hope your ways of seeing Jesus were expanded a bit today and that you realize that there are many tools in the toolkit to be able to fix your eyes on Jesus and have him gaze back at you and transform you and move you along toward the kingdom plan that he has for you. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. 
Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.